My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to a special edition of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Donnie DeLeo alongside Joe DeLera, producer Corey. Terry Takes is out drinking. He might join us later. Um, I think he has some in t- uh, input on the PGA Championship starting this morning. If you're listening on Thursday, I just wanted to get his take since he is Terry Takes, and we'll just wait and see if he comes on. So we'll save the PGA stuff for later. Um, hopefully, he'll hop on. But Joe, Corey, I'm excited because in the sports betting landscape world that we are in, it's playoff time now. Playoff hockey, playoff basketball is starting. Baseball is getting into the dog days, but we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be a fun episode, I think. So let's start with the basketball first. I mean, obviously, Lakers and Warriors are tonight, or when we're recording this on Wednesday night. So, you know, we won't talk too much about the play-in tournament as far as, you know, who to bet. But what are your take on the playoff tournament in general? Because I know there's a lot of be stuff being said because LeBron says somebody should be fired over it. <laughs> um, Steph Curry says it should be good. You know, it's good and it's cool. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to figure out, like, the stuff the NBA was putting out, like, like their diagrams on like what happens when a team wins and what team, when a team loses took me like a good three and a half minutes to figure out like what actually happens on like when one team loses one game, the other team loses the other game. And so I think I get it now. Yeah. I mean, the, (laughs) the big issue with it is just like, it kind of like this year, it just kind of sucks. Like if you're the jazz of the Suns, like you're going to play fucking LeBron in the first round. Like that's awful. Um, But I do think that the uh, I, I think that they, what they did during the bubble was really the best way. Like they need to combine what they did in the bubble and what they're doing now, because what they did in the bubble was like, if you were a certain amount of games back, you were just out of the tournament or like you locked in a seed. So like the Lakers were so far ahead of even the Warriors, like they should have just been able to lock in really like the seventh seed. And then teams are playing for the eight seed or, you know, in the West, the Grizzlies had, uh, or no, rather in the East, rather the Celtics had like a fairly significant lead over the wizards. They should have been able to just lock in the seventh seed. And then like, you know, you have two other teams in the East playing for the right to play the wizards, maybe for the eight seed or something like that. Um, so I, I think they'll work out the kinks. I, I think that today's game is going to be extremely highly rated. So, you know, somebody's probably actually gonna need a raise. Uh, I think not fire. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the best case scenario for the NBA is having Steph versus LeBron. I mean, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a win and go home kind of thing, which would no. be awesome, but it still is a LeBron versus Steph playoff game, you know, a quasi playoff game. Yeah. And like, you're going to get it. Uh, and like, there's really no risk because the other team's probably going to win uh the next game like i don't see any circumstance where the lakers lose two uh there's obviously some variance but um with that being said if they do happen to lose do not bet their title futures yet just wait for i mean maybe if they're really juicy bet them but like otherwise just wait until they play the jazz like it is what it is um so the plan plan is interesting i i am looking more at some of these series prices here um and give me some uh give give us 
some serious prices. All right. So I think the main one, obviously, like we got a lot of Knicks fans and by a lot of Knicks fans, I mean like me and Corey. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I'm looking at in that series is like, I don't know how much the, like the Knicks are playing the Hawks. And this is awesome. It's a really good opportunity for both franchises to get a series playoff win. Cause I think it is relatively even matched. Um, and over the past month, they're only about like 0.5% or 0.5 of a point different in terms of like point differential per a hundred possessions. Um, but the thing that I like, the bet that I like for this game it, or for the series rather is over five and a half games. And it's uh, I'm going to have a write up about it with the action network, but the price is minus 200. You're basically betting on a four to two or four to three series either way. And I think that that's appropriate, even though the Knicks beat the Hawks three games out of three uh, this season. Um, in the last game, the Hawks really should have won and they, they wound up losing because Trey Young got hurt at the end of the game. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be a grinded out series. And the thing is that like the Knicks, and this is a thing about uh, Tom Thibodeau coach teams is that they just out hustle the fuck out of you every single game during the regular season. There's no plays off, no games off, nothing in the playoffs. Everybody's doing that. So that edge that you have, like you had a little bit of it, like you're not going to, even if you're out of a game or like out of a game, you're not going to, they're not going to give in. Um, but I do see this being a very like tooth and nail type of series and going over five and a half games, I think is a good bet, even mm-hmm. though you're kind of laying a lot of juice at uh, minus 200. Um, so I-, I like that bet a lot. Um, another bet that I like is we have a rematch of the Bucks and the Heat from last year. And I think that a lot of people, especially public betters, and like last year I gave out Miami to beat Milwaukee in that series. And that was like plus 300 or so. And then now we're looking at this and the series price is bucks minus three, 315 Miami plus uh, 235. And then the, the series spread is minus one and a half, which is, I believe uh, bucks minus one and a half is minus 143. So I think that there's significant value on the bucks in this series because of public sentiment. Like people are going to remember what happened last year and they're going to go, Oh, this Miami team, Miami's good. Yada, yada, yada. Like we're going to bet them. We're going to bet them. Tyler hero is not good. Like he just had like a crazy playoffs last year. Like he's going to be good. Like he's fine. Like, but like, uh, Drogic has regressed. Um, they don't have the same, type of three-point shooting that they did last year they have some of the players but it's not the same style and then the bucks also they Budenholzer's known for like not adjusting during the playoffs but this year he's actually made some adjustments they picked up Drew Holiday who's a significantly better defender uh than Eric Bledsoe and shot creator and facilitator uh so they're gonna really be able to move the ball more efficiently and defend the perimeter differently. So the Bucks usually play this thing. It's called drop coverage. And it's where when there's a high pick and roll, the big usually just falls, collapses down into the paint and you let the guy go over the screen. And then that creates a lot of three-point opportunities. So that's something that the Bucks have started switching off of. And they've literally been doing this. It's They've been doing switch, which is like you switch defenses a little bit and like you switch man or you switch in man coverage. So, and they're able to do this a little bit better because of the length that they have uh, this year rather than last year. 
So, and that's a, that's a good way to combat Miami strategy, which is to really just shoot a lot of threes on you. Um, so I, I expect them to, I think that you're getting really good value because of what happened last year. And I would take them money line and I would take them on the series spread at minus one and a half. Um, I think that they're a significantly better team than last year. And they remember what happened to them. They had an entire off season of getting just ripped on losing to Miami. And I think that they're able to learn from that type of mistake. Uh, so, I, so I do like, I like Miami and I like, or I like the bucks over Miami in that series. Um, has, has your um, championship projections changed at all, given that the Lakers are in a playoff series or play in round? No. And actually one of the things that uh, I think is interesting is that by being the seven seed, they actually are going to wind up having one of the, if they win tonight, which I expect them to, uh, they're going to have a relatively easy road into the finals because you're going to play the Suns, who don't like. I think their Suns are good, but like I wouldn't ever bet on them to beat the Lakers. And then you have then like you're going to play the winner of the Nuggets and the Blazers, who the Lakers destroyed the Blazers last year, and then the Nuggets just. I, I'm not convinced that they can defend the Lakers properly, especially without, uh, and then they don't have Jamal Murray this year. So that's problematic because Anthony Davis is such a good matchup uh, against Jokic. And then uh, the Blazers, like, I don't think that they can beat the Lakers with their personnel. Um, and then you finally might be facing the Clippers in the conference finals. So they have like a relatively easy road to, like the plot to the finals. So I still think the Lakers wind up coming out of the West uh, in terms of the East. I still have liked, and we've talked about this. I like the seven Sixers. I, before you get there, I, I just think it's ridiculous that, you know, again, this is before the Lakers and the, and the Warriors play tonight, but the Lakers are still the favorite to win the Western conference. Even though they have to play, you know, yeah. they have another round basically. Yeah. And part of that has to do with the fact, like it, it's really about the bookmakers mm-hmm. and, the bookmakers know like if they put out like a plus 600 line or plus 700 line, they're going to get so much fucking liability. And mm-hmm. like, you really want that much liability on the Lakers? Not, no, you don't. So that's, that's part of what's going on here. So like when, like we had a call and uh, Matt Moore from the action network spoke with people from points bet and bet MGM. And one of the things that they said is that the price right now with the Lakers are like plus 500 to win the title that's mm-hmm. priced in with the fact that they're probably going to advance in this play in tournament. Yes. yes. Like, so like, even if they win today's game, they're only going to go to maybe like plus 400. So like, they're not going to, it's not going to change a lot here. Like if they lose tonight, then it gets really interesting. And it's like, well, what are the bookmakers going to do? Like, are they going to try to capitalize on this? But like, they're going to probably play, they're going to play the Grizzlies or the Spurs. Like, come on. Like, well, well, yeah. I mean, and like you said about the road, like, Phoenix and De- and and Denver, even though they're the two and three seeds, they're fourth they're and f- they're fourth they're fourth and fifth respectively to win the conference. And and it, like the gap is is crazy. Like you have the Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz all under three to one, and then the Suns are seven and a half to one. Nuggets are thirteen to one. So because yeah, right now, like if the Lakers win tonight or if they won last night, the only way they can play the Clippers is in the Western Conference Finals. So. You, those are the two best teams in the West. 
And like, they probably don't have to actually see each other until the Western conference finals. And the Clippers did a fucking hell of a job tanking to lose to the Rockets and the thunder back to back to end the season to avoid that. So, and like, that was smart. Like you should be doing that. So uh, what, one more question as I try and pick a team to root for in these playoffs and just throw like a flyer bet Um, between the Suns and the nuggets, who has a better chance of, some miraculous throw it together everything clicks people step up kind of run uh i would say i would trust the nuggets more because they've been there they've been there and they're they they really haven't missed a beat since jamal murray got hurt so if the Nuggets are going to have like a miraculous run a lot of th- a couple things would have to happen and one of them is probably that the Suns beat the Lakers Mm-hmm. or if the Lakers lose and like they're kind of out of their part of the bracket because uh, the Blazers are an interesting matchup for the Nuggets. I think it's going to be close, um, but they can beat anybody. And like their defense is good. Their offense is dynamic. And I don't care what anybody says, like Joker's the MVP. Uh, so he like, he's incredible. Um, so I, I could see them like really rallying behind a performance from him. Uh, and advancing through these playoffs and like you're kind of getting a good you're getting a good number um, well yeah you're getting 13 to 1 on the mvp to get out of the conference yeah like so. I, you're getting a good number i'm uh, actually gonna bet that right now <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't hate that um and then like looking at the east i know you've spoken about it and like i, I know that you like the nets uh just based on their offense it's just it, it is really it, it's just absurd like you win a basketball game. I don't know if you've heard this, but you win a basketball game by scoring more points than the other team. Yeah. And what they can do in terms of scoring the basketball is. Yeah. I mean, the big issue with the Nets is that they're like, I get that they're road. Like they don't care who they play. And like, I, I get it. Like when you're that good, like you're like, Oh, I don't care. But like, you should, you really should care. Like, like, like the Celtics series, they should, they should crush. I think uh, I, I don't see any circumstance where the Celtics this, I, like, this is probably going to be a four, one series just because Tatum might get like super, like super hot one game. Um, but they should advance easily through that. The problem is that you're going to have to play the Bucks. uh, and that's going to probably be like a six or seven game series. And then you're going to have to go play the Sixers realistically. And then that's also probably going to be a six or seven game series. So like when the Sixers, like their path is not nearly as hard um, because you're looking at whoever's going to come into the eight seed. So it's either going to be the Pacers or the Wizards. And then you're going to play the winner of the Hawks and the Knicks. And like, I'm a Knicks fan, but like the Knicks and the Hawks are not in the same class as the Bucks, the Sixers and the Nets. So you're probably looking at a team that's going to be a little bit more rested and you just don't know the way these guys in the Nets are like, I get that they, I think they've been holding them out longer than they needed to with some of these injuries, but are they going to like, are they hurt? Are they like, like what's, what's good with them? Like how healthy are they? Because if one of them goes down, then they become much more vulnerable in my opinion. Uh, so, and then there, there is some like trends and some records and it's, and basically like if you play a seven game series, you only win the next round, like 30 something percent of the time. Um, and you pretty much always lose the first game. So 
like you're going to be if you, even if you advance against the Bucks, I think that's a seven game series. We've seen them play each other so tight, and like Giannis is actually one of the few people in the NBA that can actually like man up and play on Durant. So mm-hmm. that huge, huge advantage that the Bucks have, and like I'll be shocked if that's not a six or seven game series. Uh, so then you got to go play the Sixers on probably very short rest after a grueling physical series. And like, you're likely going to drop game one. So then you have to win, you know, four out of six. So I, I just think it's a tough, I think it's a tough road uh, given their odds. Um, I think that maybe they are the best team in the East, but I think that they've made their road difficult. Yeah, uh, so that's, that, fair. that's my concern with them. That's fair. I, you know, I'm sure we'll have, as these playoffs unfold, like we don't even know, like you said, and we talked about their, you know, what the um, actual playoff bracket looks like. And yeah. given that the Lakers are so important and their road is so dispositive of what you're looking at, like in terms of projecting who's in the finals is, is it's, you know, we, we're not going to have enough data at this point to talk about it, but at, you know, I'm sure you'll have some stuff to write about and I'm sure you'll give game by game stuff to to do. So definitely follow Joe, the NBA shaman. (laughs) I was telling Corey, I think last week I was uh, like 32 and 17. So we're we're pretty hot right now. (laughs) Let's keep it going. Got to keep it rolling here. Um, Corey, Corey, you've been any, any parting thoughts, uh, Joe on the NBA before we transition to the other, Sports. Do not be afraid to live bet and do not be afraid to uh, like stick to your guns. If you really believe in a pick, because mm-hmm. these games are like, like 20 point swings are just normal now in the NBA. So if your team is down like 20 early and you see that they've made like fucking one, three out of 10 attempts, roll with it. Like the Grizzlies had just had like a 20 point lead in the first quarter today. And then at halftime, it was five point game. So like you got to just be ready to ready to live bet. What is um all right? Th- so thank you for everything in regards to projecting this NBA. I'm officially a Denver Nuggets fan this playoffs. Um, Joke Jokic, you know. I have, a, I have a Nuggets free bet for them to win the title, so I don't hate it. <laughs> All right. Well, all I need them to do is make the Western Conference Finals. So, or no, uh, NBA Finals. They have to win the Western Conference. I'll yeah. probably hedge, hedge before I get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Corey, what has been going on in the NHL? I know that you've been watching. Violence, Dominic. Pure <laughs> violence. Everybody in the NHL is waking up and choosing violence. Everyone, every day has woken up and decided we're doing four periods and we're going to hit everything hard as fuck. Oh, sorry, I thought it just ended. I live bet the Bruins before they went into OT just now. Um, it's been mayhem. I can't stop watching. I need more screens and maybe some caffeine pills to keep me going because some of the games are running a, a bit late. Yeah, those, um, those games are, are, are difficult sometimes. A little brutal. In that's why I feel. Of, that's why I feel like people don't really realize how good the nights are because no oh one like the, the Vegas like it's like two a.m. before they finish a game. I remember uh, last year we were trying to finish watching. I think it might have been the Stanley Cup like series. It was going so goddamn late. No, maybe it was the round before the Stanley Cup. Maybe it was the round before the finals. But we were up 
two o'clock, two thirty, no problem. Yeah. Uh, finishing up a game, but especially like playoff hockey is just going to go to OT. It just is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Just a new rule, new rule. <laughs> it's going to OT. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the NHL playoffs. Um, I looking at the bracket now, and we didn't talk about this last week uh, because we didn't have an episode last week. Um, but the only series that is two and zero at the time of recording is the Tampa Bay Lightning against the uh, the Florida Panthers, the Battle of Florida. Looks but, like it's all Lightning. Yeah, I. It's one of those things this year, like it was last year, where it's like the Lightning, especially getting Kucherov back. It's just like they're so stacked. And, it's bolt bus, baby. Yeah, and and especially in that, like the Panthers, they're pesky. The Hurricanes could be They're looking strong. Yeah, I mean, like if they take a step They're up, up one and, nothing, I think right now over. Cur- that's the problem. They're playing Nashville, which is really not much going on there. Yeah, so I don't think they're really going to be testing their metal till the next round if they get through. Well, that would be Carolina, so I, I, that would be um, uh, Tampa. So you know, yeah, they're probably going to get stomped. I don't really see any team in the East because, like. All those like the Peng- the Peng- the Penguins Islanders and the Capitals Bruins like those series like combined in those one two three four series like what's seven times four twenty eight uh like the over under I would set on all of those games and all those series is like twenty five and a half like th- those series are going six and seven games oh for sure so you have uh, all those teams beating up on each other. And the Lightning potentially getting rested if they're able to take care of Florida and then take and just care kicking of Carolina. dead bodies along the way. Yeah. So it's like if Carolina turns out that they're not ready yet and they're a young team, it could be the Lightning sitting in the Eastern Conference Finals having played nine or 10 games. Uh, you know, like having, yeah, having only played nine or 10 games and the Penguins, Islanders, Capitals, Bruins, whoever comes out of that, like in the 20s. So I will say, Good point. However, not in the twenties. They, they, they can't be in the twenties. It would be if either the Bruins or Washington can advance without having max. to go to seven games. I think they could take on Tampa Bay right now. Both of these teams are fucking insane. Uh, Taylor Hall decided he he like wanted to start playing again, and is making fucking crazy goals all the time. Like he was like trash when they first picked him up. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, was it even worth it?" And like he flipped a switch like the week before the playoffs start, and he's making these like ridiculous backhand one eighty goals. I want to score it. It's so pretty. Um, and then the Washington's Washington Capitals are just killing people. Like I know Tampa's big, and t- the problem is Tampa's old. If if they go up against Washington and Washington can still move and hit like they're doing right now, I think we're going to see some injuries. I mean Wilson has put. A guy in the bench, two games in a row now. There that, have guy, been... that guy, that guy is just a fucking nut job. Yeah, he's a goon. We used to have them on every team. <laughs> Shout out to Scott Stevens. Sorry, Korea. Um, that's a CTE joke. But yeah, hockey's back. It's crazy. Just watch CTE it. CTE is it. back. <laughs> <laughs> I have no no fucking clue what you should bet. I'm live betting because I want to see how the game's kind of going. Uh, I mean, Tampa's probably a safe bet, I'm sure, but yeah, you're not getting. I don't know, man. Tampa, and the lines yeah. are tight. The lines are tight. I, I actually would look at a team like a Canadian team other than the Maple Leafs 
because Edmonton. yeah, something like Edmonton at 20 to one, something like Winnipeg at 35 to one and even I don't even see Montreal on here. Oh, 35 to one. Yeah. So you like something sad. What? This is the first year in like, since gambling has been legalized in New Jersey, I haven't taken a futures bet out on the Bruins. I'm really regretting it. <laughs> I need to get bounced now so I can like sleep at night. So, so now you can do it now. It's not the same. So yeah, I'm looking at the bracket and like trying to pick a team that could get hot or just like by nature of them. Cause like this was the year, right. Where none of the interdivision, there was only interdivision games. Like, so there's yeah, it's just hatred. Now we're just watching yeah. hatred unfold. It's incredible. And, and everyone kind of likes the Maple Leafs at six and a half to one plus 700 to, to win the Stanley cup as like no a chance, but they're the Maple Leafs. Like we've seen the story yeah. every single year. <laughs> they were supposed stacked. to win the last 10 years. They're it's never happening. And then like, yeah, they get into the playoffs and it's they like should the biggest the hockey market team that can't make it happen. So by way of just fading the Maple Leafs, which has historically worked out well, you take a another Canadian team that could capitalize in the Maple Leafs being the Maple Leafs and just catch, you know, a little bit of fire. And then all of a sudden they're in the Western Conference Finals. And then you could work around, hedge some things and start playing the game a little bit. So I might wait and see how the Oilers Winnipeg looks. I think they're playing tonight, but um, yeah, I think it just I, started. I, I I'm I'm probably going to adopt one of those teams as the team that I I'm rooting for, and you know it'll be fun to see a Canadian team win. That's not the. Maple It'd be Leafs. really fun to watch the Maple Leafs make it to the Stanley Cup final and lose in Game Seven, just because of what happened in Vancouver. I would love to see what happens in like Toronto, where yeah, they care I mean, even more of- about hockey. Lockdown might be over by how much worse could it be? (laughs) So, yeah, I you know, this is a great time of the year. Before we get to the golf, I just want to transition to baseball a little bit. Um, boy, dingers. So, it's May that clip's going in, (laughs) it is May, and how do you feel about the Mets? So, I, I need you guys to like talk me out of this because they haven't been playing well like they've they've played down no but listen to me they they've they've won games like they aren't playing to their potential at all they're so injured like they have they're trotting out lineups with like what even before kevin pilar broke his face like they were they 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 had thin lineups like they just signed Cameron Mabin or traded for Cameron Mabin who started today because like they're that thin. I think they claimed him for like a dollar. So, <laughs> with all that being said, like the Groms hurt, Syndergaard, Carrasco haven't come back yet. The only real healthy pitchers that are decent and I would trust in a playoff game or series is is Marcus Stroman. David Peterson's shown flashes, but it's it's Stroman. Um, been good. All of that, be you know, with all of that, even not winning DeGrom games at the beginning of the season, there are four games over 500, first in the NL East, and are, you know, they need six more outs to sweep the Braves tonight. And they're still like nine and a half, ten to one to win the World Series. And they still, like, they're winning. They're winning even though they're not playing well. And... I just want to take out a massive futures on them. 
I still like the Mets. I gave it. I think I was one of my best bets uh, a while ago. Was the Met the was the Mets to win the National League East, and I feel validated right now. I understand how you feel as a Mets fan in May. Um, <laughs> so I think that they're good. Uh, they're pitching. No, they're they're deep. They're deep. They're just not healthy. And like everything, like in a normal Mets year, has gone wrong. But like yeah. they're they're still winning games like in a in a prior year without all the you know with the will pond bad juju they would be under 500 and third or fourth and everyone's kind of like oh well if they put it together they can they can win um, yeah. or make the playoffs and now it's like if they put it together or like get Cindergard, Degrom back carrasco back in the dog days like i don't see how this team like wins under 90 games yeah i mean i think the advantage with the mets too is like you have cohen like you have an owner who if they're in it like he's gonna be like i'm gonna go get somebody mm-hmm. like they're not gonna be in a situation where they're gonna be like well like we'll just stand pat like he wants to fucking win he wants to do something good like he wants to do something big if there's a guy that's on the market at the deadline he's gonna go get him like and like that's the feel for like they they went and they got Lindor, who's been like not great, but like he's whatever. been terrible. <laughs> he's <laughs> been absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, like they went and they got him though. So like I like that. And then like if you look at the National League East, like nobody's inspiring fear right now uh, in that division. Like the Marlins and the Nationals are bad. The Braves are obviously underperforming. But, like, I'm not super worried about the Phillies if I'm the Mets, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think that it's a good opportunity for them to get into the playoffs for sure. Uh, the concern is obviously that there might only be one team that comes out of the National League East. And uh, and that has to do with the, the NL West being so good this year with the Giants being awesome. Uh, so there there should be a little bit of concern but like if you like the Mets like why not you know I agree and the NL West has been interesting like do you trust the I mean it's not an even year the Giants usually on even years would just win the World Series the next year they would win 60 games that happened like three times from 2020 uh, 2010 to 2014 um and then the, the Padres and the Dodgers are probably two of the deepest deepest teams in the league um on the al side the yankees i see yankee fans um on my twitter timeline being a little happier yeah um, but there's they're still uh treading water yeah i'm not super concerned i mean considering where they were uh are you officially going to apologize to me about the red sox no i still think the red sox stink <laughs> <laughs> i just like don't think that they're good um I just, I just don't like. I don't get why they're like. I, I see that they're. Me too, Joe. That's so weird. You think that? It's I so see, weird. I see that they're twenty five and eighteen, and I just don't get it. Like, I'm like, I just don't think that they're good. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think that the, I think that the Yankees are fine. I think that they're coming around. Um, they've had a lot of guys like hurt, uh, kind of back and forth, um, but. I'm not, I'm not super concerned about the Yankees. Uh, and like, they played better of late. They're seven and three over their last 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not worried about them. I wasn't really worried about them before. Uh, I just like, I, I'm still just stunned. The, the thing for me about the Red Sox is I'm just stunned 
that their rotation is doing what it's doing. And I haven't done enough of a dive under their like advanced metrics as to like why they're doing so well. Um, but like this starting line, like starting rotation is, is bad. So like, I'm shocked. That's really what's more surprising to me. And I mean, they're five and five of their last 10. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some like regression or so to speak. Let's talk about another team that's seven and three in their last 10, the Chicago White Sox and the boomer manager that is Tony LaRussa and him apparently just like, just going AWOL on his team in uh, the press conference. So I know you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, what happened the other day was uh, German Mercedes Mercedes hit a home run uh, on a 3-0 count in the ninth inning. And uh, the the, the guy that was pitching was a – the guy that was pitching was a position player. And he threw a fucking 46-mile-an-hour pitch – like right down the middle and Mercedes absolutely tittied that ball thing went like 460 feet. Like, you know how hard you have to hit a ball that's being thrown 46 miles an hour to hit it fucking 460 feet. It's incredible. But like the controversy is basically like the Russo is like, Oh, well, like it's an unwritten rule. Like you're beating up on this team, yada, yada, yada. Like they put in a fucking position player. And at the end of the day, like, what do you want this guy to do? I, I don't My thing with it is I don't really understand what the difference is between, like, if he hit that home run on an 0-0 count, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, like, 3-1, 2 like, what difference does it make? Well, I think the argument that I have, like, and, and I'm not, like, if, if I teed this up, like that pitcher yeah. teed it up. Um, I, I'm if you think I'm going to defend Larusa here, you're wrong, um, because like these players, like this is their livelihood, and the numbers, like if Mercedes has 19 home runs versus 20 home runs, like that's going to be reflected the next time he goes to arbitration or the next time yep. he goes to get a new contract. So like analytically, you know how much he's making this year. exactly and so that means like he's probably on that stupid arbitration thing with these players where they're like locked in on their rookie deals with their teams for two or three more years than they should be if there was an open market on it so yeah if he's gonna go into arbitration the arbitrator is gonna look at yeah like you have one home like (laughs) like the one home run means a lot like it's probably a couple thousand dollars and depending on how many home runs he hits, it could be tens of thousands or a hundred thousand dollars more yeah. if he doesn't hit that home run. For a guy that's making five hundred thousand dollars a year, trying to make a career in the MLB, like, yeah, what do you want him to do? Yeah, it's like it's- Tony Larusa is not going to go to bat for him the next time he's at arbitration, oh, or quite the opposite. And like my whole thing with it is just like, if you like, if you have a problem with it, then like maybe there should be a fucking mercy rule in Major League Baseball. Then, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like it's not like a like it's it's one thing. Like I get it. Like if a legitimate pitcher is pitching, but like the Twins were trying. Like in my opinion, when you throw a position player there, you're basically saying we don't give a fuck about this game. Yes, you and give up on the like game. we're gonna give waving, up on the game it's because it's an advantage to us to not throw our better pitchers that are still available in the bullpen. Correct. So like we'd rather not throw them today. And like, we'll just like, whatever. So it's like, what do you want this guy to do? Because like, he sees that, right? If he doesn't get like, let's say he takes this pitch directly down the middle. 
Then the next pitch is three one. Now it's okay. He can hit a fucking home run. That makes yeah, no Joe. Sense. Don't you understand? It makes no fucking God. Sense. And then the thing that's some decency, about Joe. It, the thing that's bullshit about it is Larusa. The guy doesn't even know the fucking written rules of baseball. And then, like, he didn't even fucking know. Like, it was like a month ago. He didn't even know that you didn't have to have your pitcher start at second base in like extra innings. Now, like, that's a literal written rule. And he wants to lecture about unwritten rules, bro. Put him in the home. Stop drunk driving. You're probably put him in the home. Like, it's insane. And then, stop drunk driving. (laughs) It's it's absolutely nuts. And then the thing is, then he's like, yeah, you know what, like. It's it's not surprising. Like I totally get it. Like they threw at my guy. Like the next game, like the Twins threw like a ball behind Mercedes, and it's like, dude, like him absolutely destroying a home run off a off a position player means nothing. Hitting a person with a hundred mile an hour fastball, or like almost hitting somebody with a hundred mile an hour fastball, you could literally like ruin their career, attempted yeah. murder. And like, if and if you're on the if you're on the White Sox and you see La Russa just lay down and die for you while he's supposed to be having your back like you're like what the fuck and you don't want to play that like there i would fade the white Sox this season because the larusa tim anderson tension is palpable on twitter like you if you're a player on the white Sox, you want in that situation you want terry collins ass in the jackpot our ass is in the jackpot now okay okay that's i'm just telling you fucking motherfucker like getting thrown out of games for you Yeah, one of my all-time favorite. Yeah, and and I mean, I think the thing is too, like, uh, like Aaron Boone actually brought up a point because he was like, I don't have a problem with this. He was like, kind of like, he suggested like a mercy rule after like seven runs if you're up by ten after seven innings if you're up by ten like maybe it's a mercy rule or something. But he also was like, as soon as you put a position player in there, like you're not trying either. It's one thing, you know, if. I think like if they if they had like a legitimate pitcher in there and you know you're just trying to go base to base whatever like I think it's a little bit different um but like when you put a position player in there you're going to be lit up if you strike out it's going to be all over the internet so like you may as well hit the home run like I I just don't I don't see the I just don't see it. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a problem. And like the way baseball is, it's not like another sport. It's not like football where if you have the ball with a minute to go, like the other team can't literally cannot beat you. If you take a knee, you know, like, it's not like that baseball, you can score as many runs as possible. It's a 10, it's a 10 run game. We've seen teams score 10 runs in an inning. So like, let's say the white Sox just lied down and they were just like, yeah, like ninth inning, like, you know what? Like, Give us three outs. It's fine. Then the twins get up. What are they going to get to nine runs and be one run down and be like, you know what you want? Do you you want those three outs back? Probably not. So like put up the fucking runs. Like it's a game. Like, and they, it's like, Oh, what are you going to do? Hurt these grown men's feelings. They're making millions of dollars playing baseball. They're not kids. Except for the guy hitting the dinger. Yeah. Like except for him. So it's like, like who cares? Just let them hit home runs. It's not a big also deal. like you grow up uh, giving a hundred percent, right? Aren't you supposed to give a hundred percent every time you step up to the plate? Fuck you! It's hit the cr- ball. Like what if there was a this kid. unwritten rule bullshit? What if it was a kid and that was his very first game and he really wanted to see Mercedes hit a home run and then Mercedes is like, you know what, kid, I can't, I can't do it. Got to take the strike right down the middle. <laughs> so yeah, fired I, up about it. Yeah, I, I, love I just it. I love the energy. I, I just, I hate it. I, like, hit the home runs. So, 
I guess Terry's not coming on. So we'll touch on the PGA championship a little bit. Uh, he was talking in the discord about, Oh yeah, we do have a couple of his picks from in there, what he's looking for. Um, so Kiwa Island is where they're playing this PGA championship. They, uh, the last time they played here, Rory McIlroy won the PGA, I think in 2014. Um, it was one of his earlier majors back when he was just the best player in the world. Ironically, Rory McIlroy won the tournament, uh, last weekend, um, or no, two weekends ago at the Wells Fargo and is now the favorite to win, obviously, because of the uh, past history and the fact that he just won, um, which is, you know, he hasn't been playing well to this point this year. I wouldn't bet on him, especially like Terry and I like to talk about a 10 to 1, 11 to 1, 13 to 1, 14 to 1, any golfer before the tournament is just not good value. Like, you know, the, the, actual favorites usually don't come out and win this tournament. It's usually round one. You'll see a guy. And if you want to bet a favorite, you're better off getting them at like 400 or 500 to one after round one. So, and you know, we've seen guys miss the cut. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Rory McIlroy misses the fucking cut this weekend. Um, so the other thing he was looking at big thing with the ocean course, Akiwa Island, it's windy. Um, European players play well there because of the wind conditions. I think, yeah, one of my buddies actually was in South Carolina last summer, um, living down there for a month. And he said it was like 30 degree winds, like consistently. And it's, I've talked to people who've played there and it's like, if you get 15 mile an hour winds, it's like, it's, that's abnormal. So very windy course sets up well for Europeans. And then Terry did a statistic that like, eight out of the last 10 winners or nine out of the last 10 winners, something absurd of the PGA championship has won a tournament this year. So if you want to narrow it down that way, you could probably find some longer shots. Um, given that there have been some intriguing winners and that even holds true. Like the last two PGAs um, with Colin Morikawa, I forget who won the year before, like since they moved the PGA back into May after um it used to be in august like that that still holds true so even though you're missing three months of tournament winners to add to that list you are still um looking for tournament winners and there are some interesting tournament winners like obviously roy mcelroy just said sam burns in april spieth won matsuyama won the masters i doubt he goes back to back uh majors here stewart sink one of the already won in South Carolina, and that was Terry's 150 to one winner. Um, shout out to Terry again, who's not here, so fuck him. Um, <laughs> we got Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau won, Brandon Grace won, Colin Morikawa won, who's defending the PGA champion this year. Daniel Berger has played very well, playing at Pebble Beach, winning the pro am there. Pebble Beach, probably similar course to Kiowa, just considering it's on a coast and it is very windy. Um, and then in January, you got Harris English, Kevin Na, Siwoo Kim, Patrick Reed. So the PGA is interesting. Um, you know, as Terry said in the Discord, usually it's a top 10 player that wins the PGA, but that's usually, I, I don't really read too much into that because um, the tournament used to be in August. So, like, the guys who you have a, basically a full year of statistics in the 2021 season in the top 10 world golf rankings um, as opposed to now, now it's still kind of like, even though it does look over the course of a year, it's 
still kind of manifesting itself just because guys take off at the end of the year, don't play as much in November, December. And it's, you know, just a new year, new slate. So if you're looking at top tens and Europeans, there's only three. <laughs> so top 10 Europeans, uh, John Rahm, who like has been the guy who's supposed to win his next major, like the upcoming kind of star that's supposed to start winning majors for the last two years. Hasn't happened yet, but he's a big favorite because he's European. I don't know. I think we did a segment on this, whether it's windy in Spain. Did we figure that out? We had our uh, geography expert, Joe, uh, try to figure <laughs> that out for us. Well, and dude, it turned I mean, into uh, heard about the a hell of a clusterfuck. The windmills in Spain are something else. So you never know, as Don Quixote would say. So, so Rom is probably too low to, to fire away at, but he is, uh, he's a great, he's a good player. And I, you know, it's going to be, like, he was number one in the world last year and is going to win majors at some point in his career. Um, or maybe he'll just be like Sergio and not win a major until forever. So, <laughs> and be like, you know, the, the Spanish golfers before him. And then you got Rory at Rory at seven. What do you say? Sergio is, Sergio is the number one liability on Bet MGM. I saw that for first round leader. He's got like five percent of the bets. Um, you know, you got Rory McIlroy at seven, so you got two big favorites there. Probably a little, you know, not not great price for betters. And then Ty- Terrell Hatton, um, who just had COVID like two weeks ago and had to withdraw from a tournament. So who the fuck knows how he comes out and plays? Um, so I think this is really just like throw a dart at the wall kind of thing. Abram answer has been playing very well of late, um, but he hits the ball probably a little too high in terms of the wind. Um, you know, Matthew Fitzpatrick's been a hot commodity in the last couple months. Um, Victor Hovland, another European, although I don't know if it's windy in Norway either. So, you know, <laughs> I don't want this to turn into, a, I'm pretty where, sure where it is. Windy, and it already has been. So, is that where Greta's sh- from? Greta Thunberg? Is she Norwegian? Or Swedish. If she's Why? Norwegian, I know they have a, I think they have a carbon tax and they have a lot of windmills in the water. So, <laughs> so it's windy off the coast. This is, uh, don't using, know if they're golfing using, out there. Using Greta Thunberg to uh, make PGA championship picks. Gotta love it. All right. So, you know, I don't have a pick for you. I will probably put in a DraftKings lineup surrounded by either Rom or McElroy um, and then throw some European darts at the board later on. Um, oh, that's kind of darts. Yeah. I mean, Peep the gram. We'll probably post something there. Paul Casey. Love that guy. Um, I would fade like guys who played well at the Masters who are like coming out of the scene like Will Zaltoris. Um, very hard to keep that up, but you know, there, there are some, some guys you should target, you know, stay tuned. But again, just trying to fill, fill the PGA here because Terry abandoned us. So um, let's go into positive Rex to finish it out. Producer Corey. Let's go. How you doing? Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat here. This overtime hockey is killing me. <laughs> um what did I want to recommend? Oh, I watched a show called Generation Hustle oh, on HBO oh. Max. Sorry, sorry. Backing up real quick on the PGA. Go ahead. We, we have Terry. Up. We have Terry's uh, scorecard. Um, bet to Give win. It to the he's, people. He's bet Daniel Berger thirty-two to one. 
Webb Simpson, 40 to one. I like that bet actually. Uh, Cam Smith, 45 to one, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 65 to one. And then top 20 Abraham answer. Actually, I just threw that out. And uh, Joel Dahman answers plus 190. Dahman's plus 750. I'd probably join him on the Webb Simpson one. I like that one. Um, he's a top 10 player as well. Bruce Corey, sorry. Go back to your HBO. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I watched this show called Generation Hustle on HBO Max. And it's, I thought it was going to be about people who like, rip people off in buying their like self-help books and shit like Gary V, but it's even worse. It's about like idiots who thought they were hustling and were just like accidentally creating Ponzi schemes. It's fucking fantastic. They're all like young, dung and full of cum and think they know how to like make a ton of money. And then they get these investors to go in on them with these stupid ideas. And they're like 17 or like 25 uh, they lose all their investors' money, so they get new investors to reinvest, which is, hello, a Ponzi scheme. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Bernie Madoff. Um, so it's very funny, but there's like a wide range. Like every episode follows a different story, and there's a wide range of like scams. Uh, there's one on uh, scam rap, which is now my favorite genre of music. Um, it's like a how-to guide on how to rip people off like on the internet from money. It's awesome. Um there's an episode on WeWork uh, calling oh, it a cult. I did, I did watch that one. Yeah. Fucking great, right? Yeah. I, we just watched like three quarters of the WeWork Hulu documentary. So we were a little WeWorked out. The next revolution is the We Revolution. Get it? We, we worked. We worked out. Got yeah. it. That was, yeah. that was a full sentence. <laughs> you had a subject. But the, we revo- the, the We Revolution. <laughs> We revolution. It is. It is the we revolution. You know what's crazy it is not about the, the we thing. The, it is. It is not the me. It is the me. The we. The we revolution is the new revolution. We revolution. How out of touch do you like his wife? How out of touch are you that you're like the private schools in New York City are not good enough for my kid? Let me make the schools. What the fuck is going on in your head, Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin, Goop's cousin? fucking psychopath jesus christ i i think i get it i understand why people hate new york that don't live near it i get it but we're not all that fucking crazy all right what you're seeing is the atypical asshole who thinks they're going to change the world because they married a man who thinks in we and not i it's a we he, he thinks in the we revolution we revolution we're going to change the world and elevate consciousness <laughs> we are going to do it there's a scene in Silicon Valley HBO show, which like plays on this uh, a lot. Like it makes fun of those kind of people, like, you know, and on the West coast it's a little bit different, but there, there's like a one scene where like, they're like, it's a pitch uh, thing at like TechCrunch, And like, it's just a cut scene of literally probably 10 businesses and people pitching like the, the private equity money, like, and this app is going to change the world. Like this is a nipple finder app and it's going to change the world or it's going to make the world a better place. That's what it keeps thinking. What was the other, the other phrase they had? Like Lomo. So like yes. local mobile it's, social. It, so and, we are, and we are, and we are, and we are Lomo. So we are local mobile and social. We are so mo low. <laughs> like, I love it. Just check out generation uh, hustle. It's fucking amazing. You'll never yeah. feel better about yourself. 
Yeah, I, we watched the first two episodes, and uh, I, I'm excited to watch the next couple ones. It gets I will, better. It gets better. Cool. I will. I, yeah, I will recommend um, something similar into the streaming. Uh, so we have been a Chromecast household for a long time, and Chromecast. I was initially upset when they did this. They like stopped producing and stopped making the Chromecast. And in Chromecast, if you're not aware, it just mirrors your phone. Like you have all these apps in your phone and you just click a button in the top right corner. It goes to your TV. Great. Uh, but like some of the apps like didn't work that well. Like HBO used to always fucking disconnect. And they came out with this thing called Google Home. And I was like, fuck, they like made this. It's going to it's gonna be shitty. Like it's going to be just them just trying to get more revenue and it's gonna suck like but it's like chromecast on steroids it is its own remote and you log into everything like every streaming service you have and it makes it so easy to log in now you just like scan the qr code and it automatically logs you in and then now you have like a full operating tv um streaming platform with 10 icon apps like just like they would be on your phone except you now have a remote on the tv just to go into them they'll all stay logged in and you can just watch whatever the fuck you want and it's 60 dollars do you want to know something you are no longer logged in we are logged in (laughs) we are riding this evolution of we and we are elevating your tv's consciousness We are, we are not, we, the evolution is now the we revolution. We revolution. I, Corey, you gotta, you gotta throw some of this guy at, what's his name? Adam of Newman. Of course I am. You gotta yeah. throw some Adam Newman stuff in there. Because people who don't know what we're talking about are gonna be like, what the fuck? I gotta find that clip of the guy who's like, you're renting fucking desks. For God's sakes, they're renting fucking desks. <laughs> Yeah, there was one guy on the Generation Hustle who was like the most blunt person, and he was absolutely incredible. He is just yeah. Anything, watch it just for him. It's like the it's, best. It's, this guy who is you know renting desks and just doing co-working space thinks he was gonna change the world and start a revolution. We revolution. The we revolution. Joe, finish it up. What you got for us? I have. I was suggested to this uh, to watch this by uh, one of the fellow residents of the Meat Locker, uh, Mr. Dave. Uh, I will not disclose his last name, but um, it's called Alice in Borderland, and it's on Netflix. And it's you as long there is a dubbed version, but I would recommend watching it in Japanese with subtitles. It's live dubs action. aren't the same, man. <laughs> it's not. It's so uh, weird. It's live action. There's one season out and it is fucking twisted. And I will tell you what, uh, in one of the episodes, I realized that there was just absolutely no plot armor for anyone. And that sold me on it, like being good. Uh, And I think that that's something that a lot of shows don't do. Uh, So I would highly recommend it. It's eight episodes. They're about 45 to 50 minutes long per episode. Uh, Relatively quick watch, but it is one of those you have to pay attention because you have to read the subtitles, but would highly recommend it. Suspenseful. It's like a thriller-ish series and uh, it it is a little fucked up. So uh, just be warned of that, uh, you know, but would recommend Alice in Borderland on Netflix. All right, Joe. Thank you for that. So for Joe Delera, producer Corey, 
not Terry takes, even though he could still be part of the We Revolution. We Revolution. Um, I'm out Terry takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a great time for sports betting. Got the MLB, uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB kicking up. Uh, major golf majors, second out of four this year. Um, it's going to be great. So stay tuned, watch the Twitters, and uh, have a good week. God bless. Oh, and uh, Bob Baffert apparently banned by Naira. So I know. Um, I know the person who did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should be an interesting summer in horse racing, yeah. as it seems like they are about to end as a sport for the 10th time in the last 11 years. Okay, so Corey Kluber has a no hitter through seven right now. Also, what is with oh, the. Oh, no-, no, you said it. Well, I got the notification. Well, there's been what, five no hitters, and it's May 19th? It was the first time since like the 40s that there were three in a month or something like it's that. The most boring season of baseball to date. Yeah, that's if there's another no hitter, it's like no hitters are just lost there. And that's why you hit dingers when you get one down the middle. Hi, my name's Alfred Delia. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. All right. It has to be, it has to be that, that chunky kid from New Jersey. Yeah. yeah like, I'm, I, I'm, my name is. Art. earlier. He's coming, I hit dingers. He's coming in the show. <laughs> My name, it's like my name is Tony Benedetto. Big Tony. I think he's like I, big. No, Big Al. Big Al. Big Al. My name is Big Al. I hit dinger. No, he's he doesn't sound like that. He's got like a rat. He's got like a raspy, like light voice. The kid, the kid my, was, and I hit. My name is Big Al. And I hit dingers. He ate like a fucking thing of gabagool like every day. <laughs> yeah, he had a real salty throat before he got yeah. on camera. <laughs> you paisan. Dingers. The guy has a fucking charcuterie board in the dugout. <laughs> Joe, can we get a date on when that was, that Little League player? Because he I, he's going to end up in your softball league if he's not there already. <laughs> he's going to be there. Big Al. Like, it was like 2018, so it's got to yeah. be a minute. Yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got a couple more years. Alfred, more years, but yeah. Kid's topping out in high school if he makes it there, so he'll be in your league quickly. Yeah. All I do is hit dingers. And he hits dingers, so, I mean, pick him up. Dingers. All right. All right. It's time. Signing (laughs) off. Oddscast Podcast. See you next week. God bless.
Wap and they ready for Jones. Got a Lex made box for the sexy grown. Put tone on the rocks that'll make you moan. One step, come on. Two steps, come on. Three steps, come on. Now this three grand one. Two things on play. Baby girl, I'm the man. I get a rubber band. That's what I told her. Her legs on my shoulder. I knew it was over. That Henny and Cola got me like a soldier. She ready for Rover. I couldn't control her. So lucky on me, I was just like a Grover. Shorty was hot like a toaster. Sorry, but I had to hold her. Like a pornography poster. She showed her. 